the vital way, where ancient wisdom meets the cutting edge to optimize your vitality and performance. There are no right ways, just better ways. Welcome to the Vital Way Podcast. I'm Logan Christopher, and uh, I'm actually recording a few different podcasts today. Today my guest is Eric Fiorello, and uh, if you guys aren't aware, I am on his podcast, the Motivation and Muscle Podcast, every other week. Uh, We often talk a lot about strength, uh, we talk about herbs, we talk about hormones a whole lot on that, and uh, we generally have quite a good time. So we actually just finished up the show for his podcast, and now we are doing one. I thought I'd bring him here to introduce him to you and what he's doing in the strength world, which is really interesting because I know we have a lot of people that are uh, interested in taking herbs in order to support their athletic performance. Uh, so thanks for joining us today, Eric. Thanks for having me, Logan. It's an honor to be on. Uh, it's, it's different. You're in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like now i got to behave kind of. So, uh, no, it, it's great to be here. And uh, like you said, um, we talk about a, a wide array of subjects. And, you know, like, and I'll, I'll get it back right to you. But, you know, we were talking about one-arm lifts today and getting into shovel. It, it's just very interesting stuff. And, Logan and I love doing testosterone shows because we usually laugh through half of it, but, uh, you know, it's good. But, no, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So could you give us a bit of your background? I mean, how did you get started with the stone lifting, which we'll definitely be talking more of, but really in the strength world and everything? Sure. Well, right now I'll just just go back a little bit what's going on. Um, For the last two and a half years close to – I've been trying to get this company up, and we've got it. It looks like we've turned the corner, Fiorella Barbell Company, and, of course, Motivation and Muscle is our podcast show. You know, I've been lifting for a few decades here. Um, uh, we can trace it right back to the beginning. You know, obviously, I, I, Logan and I talked about on on the show just a, a little while ago, sand weights, wooden bench. Knew I loved it, kept going. Juvenville Equipment. Drove over with a truck, loaded it, had it all down cellar. I thought my father was going to have a heart attack when we pulled up with that thing. Um, guys all over here, you know, just big camaraderie, big thing. Moved to California for a while after college, didn't work out, came back to New York, um, trained at a big club called uh, the Steel Pier. It was a nationally known club in Colony near my home. Um, eventually it went the way of everything else. The wrong people got in. Uh, it got to the point where they had to call the police to get us out of there. It was so bad. It was not a, a great way to end a perfect place that brought a lot of great memories and trained with a lot of great people. At that point, I knew things were changing. My training partners and myself split off after being together for over 10 years. I had started getting the more power rack training, the singles, the dead stop stuff, they didn't see a lot of validity in it. Um, it, it caused a lot of friction, which ended up me going solo. Um, my one buddy, Rich, used to come up from the city uh, a few times a year or a few times a month. Um, and we started training a lot together. He was a great big-time Olympic lifter, not a big guy, strong as a bull, on and on and on. Well, it got to the point where once the club was gone, it was time to make a decision. And I decided, you know, we weren't using our one-car garage, so didn't have a lot of money in the beginning, but put a power rack in on a platform, 
had a thousand pounds of steel and a York Olympic bar. Started from that, progressed big time. Um, you know, training alone at first, you're like, whoa. But it, it for me, I had the personality and disposition to keep going. Well, I've built this place up into something you can't even imagine now. Most people that come in are like, could you even get another piece in here? Well, it works for me, and it would work for one other person. You know, and the progression just kept going. You know, we got into the heavy, heavy rack training, the partials, the holds, the isometric holds, all the things I love to do, you know, which built the, you know, that big body density, man, and, and like we were talking, the ligaments and tendons. Well, you know, now we're going to fast forward about maybe five years, and, you know, I'm reading articles in Milo by a guy named Bill Crawford. And they're talking about stones. But before I got to Bill, I saw I saw a big thing about Steve Jack. And I had read a lot of his stuff through the years in Milo, which for anybody that doesn't know, that's Randall Strassen's magazine. And all of a sudden, he's talking about taking a trip to Iceland to lift the Husafell stone. And I'm like, holy cow, this is really interesting. So to make a long story short, he goes there, he releases the uh, DVD. You know, I watch it. It took him three times. He got around the pen, which it's a 418-pound volcanic stone, smooth as a baby's butt. And I got news for you, um, walking 50 meters with that, as we say, that will test your manliness if you can even get it off the ground. It's that big, that slippery, and there aren't a lot of handholds. Even when it's dry, it's still very talky feeling. Well, then I'm like, i got to go do this. I've got to go lift that rock. So I go out and I start getting stone, you know, river rocks. We're, we're stopping on the sides of roads out in the country where it's got private property posted. And we're, we're pulling stones out and throwing them in my buddy's truck and taking off. Because we're like, we're going to get shot out here and no one will ever find us. So we start out with that. Well... I decided at that point, you know, we kind of got an idea of the dimensions, and we decided to build steel stones that mimic the uh, Husafel, and we load them with shot, and we have these plate trees on the top on each side where I can load plates on that. And the reason why I did that is because, let's face it, you're not going to be able to put mega amounts of shot in there when you're first trying to use it, get used to it, because it's huge. I mean, it covers the whole front of me. It does a lot of damage initially to your forearms, your biceps. Everything on your body's tested, especially your wrist, the way you got to curl in to carry this beast. Well, I, I, all of a sudden, there's an article in 2008, and it's an invitation to come with us, the once-in-a-lifetime trip to Iceland with Bill Crawford. So he and Randall Strassen put this thing out. There is a way to get a hold of the bill. Bill's an MD in New Hampshire. I was like, hell, man, I'm going to go for it. So I called Bill up, you know, sent him the money. Uh, the whole thing was arranged, sponsored by Toyota. We had guys from everywhere, from the U.K., you know, obviously uh, Scotland. We had, uh, obviously, uh, Icelanders there. We had Steffi there, who was in World's Strongest Man. Great guys. I mean, Peter Goodmanson was chief, is chief of police still there. He organized the whole thing. Toyota was was behind us all the way. We were road dogs, man. We went from Dritvik to Hustafel, I believe, four days. We covered over 1,200 miles in those Toyota Land Rovers or Land Cruisers, whatever they call them. So we get halfway there. Um, we go to one spot. Um, 
not Legenstein, it was uh, Latra, which had three huge stones, uh, the Judas stone, the column stone, it was incredible. Um, right on the ocean, literally the water would come up and you could get hit by it. It was insane. Um, we got to there. Um, I got to the third stone, which was, uh, I think it was 396, and I went to pull it. I got it up maybe to shin height, and I heard the best way to describe it would be like a paper tear. I knew right then and there I, I tore my bicep, and we had to go obviously get administered. But I'm a big believer, and you don't leave your friends behind. I stayed with the team all the way through, and, you know, they were very good to me because I was feeling pretty low at that point. Well, we got to Husafel, and I got to tell you, Husafel, all those three places, Legenstein, Latra, Dritvik, and Husafel, um, the stones are incredible. If you're a stone lifter or you think you want to be, go out and look those up. I'm telling you, Peter Martin and um, uh, Steve Jack wrote a book um, of stones, and I can't remember the rest. Do you know the name of that book? Stones and Strength. Stones and Strength, that's what it is. Go you go in and read it, and it has all those different stones and, and about it. It, it, it. You if you if you love that stuff, I tell you, go check it out. So we go to Husafel, and obviously it's everything like I saw on the film that Steve had put out. You know, you know when you're driving up the road, Husafel is this very small village town, whatever you want to call it. It's about two and a half hours from Reykjavik, is where we stayed. Uh, you see the one-room steeple church. When you see the big gold cross, you know you're there. You drive in, the, you know, Snorri Bjornsson, who basically built the goat pen. Well, it's a sheep pen. Um, the history of the stone, obviously, is he milk one side, block it with the Husafel stone, et cetera, et cetera, go back and forth. Well, he became so proficient with this stone um, he could walk the 50 meters with it, and more than once. It was incredible. And his great-great-nephew's still there. He lifts it. He's got a hobby house built right into the uh, mountain. It's just incredible. It, you know, I could talk about this all day, and I know we don't have the time to do that, but it's very interesting stuff. And it, 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 it all, manliness to me is a big thing, and I think this is the ultimate test. I do believe that this is the greatest manhood stone in the world. Well, we got there, obviously, and I couldn't lift it. But, you know, being me, I stood the thing up and wrapped my arms around it because I had to feel it and touch it and get all the power from the individuals that had touched it before me. Now, Bill, who organized this, had gone in 2006, was successful with it. I mean, he carried around it. It was beautiful. I mean, it was one, one round, full sturker, fully strong. He was there. Well, we got there, and he had some trouble in Dripvik. We heard some sounds when he lifted something. He had kind of a black and blue on his bicep. Bill lifted the thing easy, got three-quarters of the way around, and the best way I could describe it would be it would sound like a shotgun going off. His, his, his bicep just blew right off, the tendon, everything. Immediately dropped it, being the warrior Bill is, and it was getting black and blue at the time. He tried it. He could pick it up, go about two feet. That was it. Um, so Bill and I, as the Icelanders said to us, we've got a permanent scar on our bicep for the rest of our life. At that time, I didn't look at it as it was like real funny, but I think about it now, those guys are right. Because most there's two or three guys there that had blown biceps doing tire flips, whatever they were into. I mean, commonality, but, you know, not the same thing. So 
you know, I couldn't let go of this thing, and we got back, and of course, that was the longest plane ride I ever had in my life. I mean, you're coming back, and obviously, I could have had it fixed there, but I wanted, you know, a doctor in the States to look at it, and they treated me great in Iceland. I mean, uh, the chief of police was with me the whole time. Um, my nephew was with me, so I had family. Um, it, it was a nerve-wracking time to a guy that never had a major injury, and the thing I was concerned about, and it's like anybody, the first thing that goes through your head is, am I ever going to be able to lift again? I know that sounds insane to people listening, but most guys and gals that I've talked to say the same thing. You know, you, you don't know where you're going to be. And, you know, Logan and I talk about what's going on in your head all the time. And this can definitely um, uh, affect you for the rest of your life. Logan, if you want to ask me questions, I'm just going to try to peel through this as quick as I can. I don't want to hold you off. Yeah, um, I had some things, but if you're on a roll and want to bring it up to you current day. Well, I, I just want to bring it up to today. Yeah, it won't take long. I'll make it quick because I, I, I know that you got stuff to ask. But to make a long story short, had it fixed, um, went in 11, 2011. Lifted it. We were in a storm, though, that we could have got killed in. Iceland weather, Icelandic weather changes. You can snap your fingers and go from over 3,000 feet up with snow-capped mountains to being dark within, like, two minutes. And we had elements of, of, of rain and hail and sleet and everything you can imagine, freezing rain, coming down us where we had to take our equipment, cover it, and dump it in the rocks. And it... It was making noises where the the gentleman that was with me was like, we should get out of here. You know, something could happen. I was like, I said to Dennis, I was like, go ahead in the car. I said, if I get struck by something, you can bury me here. I really, I was so committed to this, okay, literally. And I was like, I'm not leaving here without at least not lifting this thing because, <clears throat> excuse me, I knew I couldn't walk with it. There was no way. You could barely hold it at that point. I couldn't even see in front of me. Um, you'd have to look at the sheet pen. It's not pretty concrete or black top, you fall on that with this stuff and you're a dead man. I uh, lifted it, stood up with it, take a step or two, drop it. Um, the best way to describe the weather there at one point, um, I had a flannel shirt on. Of course, the back of the collar was open a little bit. Uh, just think of somebody sticking a garden hose full blast down your uh, neck. That's how it was, and that's no exaggeration. So, let, let, let's fast forward it right now. Um, been training on and off for the last four years. Got a little bit of tweaking right now, but with all with all the high expectations, 2015 will be back. I hope no later than October. Um, we're going to finally put this beast to rest. We're going to pick that up, get around the pen, and uh, thank a lot of people and throw my arms up in victory because it's been a long haul. There's been a lot of stuff back and forth with the business that, you know, I've not – been able currency wise to get over there because it's quite an expensive trip um but i never lost faith that we wouldn't get there and i love this sport i love Husafell and that stone i love iceland um unless an act that god kills me we'll hopefully we're going to be there this year excellent so yeah definitely have a lot of questions i think uh, listeners will be interested in uh so the stone lifting you described uh who's fell as the, the ultimate test of manliness but i imagine a lot of people listening have not thought about or ever tried stone lifting before what would you yep. say are some of the the biggest benefits that comes from doing this well I, I think one of the biggest benefits I've learned right now, Logan, is this. I wish I knew about carrying 
that I knew when I, you know, right now that when I started weightlifting. And I'll tell you why. The carrying is unbelievable of, you know, I'm a big believer now. And I never was a guy that did just arms or whatever. You know, you would do it obviously because it's good to strengthen them. But I was always a big believer in working the body from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything out there that I've ever tried that um, tests you from top to bottom. And obviously working various degrees of the stone. I mean, look, we, we have a setup, which I think is one of the best things I ever came up with. And I'm sure other guys and gals do it. I've never seen it. Um, we go out and buy barrels. So you can go to any place that sells barrels. It's like a big port here in Albany where it's all shipping and stuff. We go out and buy these big, huge plastic barrels, and we can take and set these up at multiple footages. So I've got 95 feet in my driveway. You know, I'll pull the thing. Uh, right now, it won't come off the ground yet because I want to save the lower back. So let's say we pull it um 6 to 12 inches off of some type of platform. Here we go. Lock it in. We might go down 25 feet, dump it on the barrel, add plates to it, go down the rest of the way or say another 25, and then finish it off with 45 to 50. Obviously, we're coming back like that. And what I found like that is a great way to build endurance, man. And not only that, I, I said this to you before, I think, on our sh- our past show was, the the forearms and the biceps especially and the wrists take a hell of a beating and I mean hard too and you got to toughen up and you know for anybody to say well you're a pussy cat because you know you can't take a 250 pound stone and walk at 95 feet well I probably could but see I, I I'm a little bit smarter I think at times than some people I think it's a good way to break in it's a good way to really load stuff you know I might only set a barrel at 10 feet. But I'll load that thing to 440 pounds and go down to 10 feet. You don't realize what a confidence builder that is and how, you know, you, you, you just want to just, like chew the stone in half. So that, that I would say carrying at it, everything is probably the most beneficial thing. So anybody that wants to start and is interested, obviously get some small stones, learn the proper technique of pulling the stone you know, bear hugging the stone, learn your breathing because it puts a lot of pressure on your chest, which obviously your heart is there, your rib cage. There's a lot of things that go into doing this. It's just not trying to brutalize up a stone because you're only going to go so far with that. You've got to learn how to sometimes tilt it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So the answer to your question would be carrying would probably be the best thing and the transference, obviously, to everything else with it. Excellent. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm asking these questions. I could go off on it my own, but <laughs> definitely one to well, get. Go, go ahead. I mean, go, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I know we've got uh, – Go ahead. Now, my my next question, you you mentioned doing the sort of the split with your training partners. You went more into doing partials and isometrics, and kind of like the stone lifting. This isn't these aren't things that aren't done uh, conventionally in fitness. So uh, you mentioned building the body density, which I like that term, but also lending the tendon and ligament strength. Yep. So could you go into a little bit more detail about uh, the benefits you've gotten from those? Sure. There's been a few people that have had some definite, very positive influence on me through the years training. Um, it all started probably with Doug Hepburn. I'm a big fan of his. You know, he's a Canadian strongman. 
he had a lot of limitations. Club foot, one leg was shorter than the other, and I do believe he was cross-eyed too. This man fought an awful lot of things like a lot of uh, the guys and gals in our sport. They're incredible athletes. They've had things happen to them, and they rose above it through physicality, and I love that. I, when I read his stuff, and it wasn't so much uh, the ISO holds, but it was the varying heights of training in a power rack. Now, for any of you folks that don't have training partners, um, let's face it, safety is paramount, and I knew that, and I knew stuff that I was handling, if I couldn't come up with it or push it off me, there's a very good chance you could die or get, you know, maimed for life. Well, what I did by that article, and, you know, dinosaur training was out there. There's a lot about partials and singles. And, of course, Bud Jeffries was big, you know, in the early 90s, you know, with a 1,000-pound squat. There were just different things that I was looking at, and I kind of took a lot of different things in my own formula and set it up. And I started doing strict power rack training and not knowing a lot about it, but, no, you know, having the ability to figure it out and read things. You know, I ended up implementing a ton of stuff, you know, whether it be low, medium or high, you know, squats. But the, the, here's the here's the clicker to everything. I was no longer doing rebound lifts. I was doing everything dead stop. It didn't matter if it was standing pressing Floor bench pressing, I call it the floor press, like everybody. Obviously, the dead stop squat. And, you know, we all know we pull from the floor with the deadlift, but I wasn't pulling in the areas I really wanted to pull in, which might be mid-shin, right under the knee, and, and I would lift mid-thigh. I found by doing this, I became extremely strong. And I'll tell you what, I would do things where i do reps in the rack like Paul Anderson would do. And these people that say, well, you don't get any endurance, bullshit you don't. I'll tell you right now. It's like, they, you know, take take 350 pounds dead stop squat. And I'm talking right in the bottom position and do 25 reps with it and see how, if you can even make 25. You want to build serious strength, endurance, endurance, strength. I think the rack is insane. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so as I got... You know, I knew I was thickening stuff up. I was building this muscle density. And, of course, that's diet, too. Um, I'm a big believer. I drink a lot of raw milk. I still do. Um, there's a certain protein powder I like to use that I know works. Um, and I do mix cream. I'm a big fats guy, coconut milk, things of that nature. Well, when you put this whole puzzle together, I was gaining size and speed and power like I never did before. And I was like... Guess what? I just hit upon something. And the, the thing I, I always meet up with is you might have somebody come and want to do it, but they don't last long because it is, is a deliberate body beating. You know, just think about going into a ring and getting your ass beat for um, 15 rounds. I mean, but it, there's, a, there's a good thing with this all, the, the strand that works through this that I love. It's... Um, Logan and I talk about this all the time, and i got to just say it quick before we go back. It's the mental thing with this stuff. If you aren't mentally charged and mentally set up, you will not be able to do power rack training. You will fail miserably. I would never tell anybody not to try it, but this is something that's so intense and so direct, not only mentally and physically, you've got to be able to go in there and just, you know, rip at it every time. You're going to have times where you fail. I do too. 
But the idea is you got to be able to come back all the time. Yeah, and it's just plain fun to lift some heavy weights. <laughs> nothing it, it is, like that. It, it, look, it, it, there's nothing like a feeling, you know, that, you know, you get into things and, and you know, you, you plot them out and you're like, you know, well, maybe this is going to take me three months or six months. But, you know, you know, you've already seen the final result in your mind's eye. And it's like um, it, it – you're right. It, it's such it's such great satisfaction to be able to carry something out, and not only that, like you said, something heavy, man. Yeah. Nothing feels better than heavy, whether it's in your hands or on your shoulders, or you know, you're doing some big heavy neck work, or you know, like you know, you you do some amazing stuff with kettlebells. It, it's just all I can say is this: if you haven't done it, man, go out and try it. You know, go <laughs> eat it up. You know. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I had a question, and we haven't talked about this before, but you mentioned uh, going from training partners to training alone. Um, do you like one of those more than the others? What do you see as some of the, the benefits? Uh, I mean, this is something I've written about a bit myself, yeah. uh, a little bit of different benefits with being with a partner versus training alone. I think they're both good. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um. The guys I was with, one was my brother, and one was a guy who was just like a brother. Um, it, it got to the point, Logan, where there was starting to become way too much divides. Um, I was starting to float off more and more. I was going in once a week. If my buddy Richie came up, we'd be training on Saturday in the rack. Um, I just think we outgrew each other. Um, did I miss him? Absolutely. I mean, you know... I lost them as friends, too, for over 10 years. That was not easy for me, you know, especially your own brother. But Joe was, Joe was just as much a brother to me as my brother Mark. Um, that was the worst thing to have to do. And we'd see each other sometimes. We wouldn't even speak to each other. These are people that I've been around for, you know, 12, 13 years of my life, man. And it was like suddenly that big void was there. But here's the thing. I think I've trained with a lot of people. I think I'm more of a lone wolf trainer now, and I'll tell you why. I, You know, I have everything here at the house where I train people and, and obviously myself. I like I like one big thing. I can go out anytime I want and train, though I do keep myself on a schedule as much as possible. But, you know, sometimes things come up and, uh, you know, if I had a gym, I'd have to travel, et cetera, et cetera. But number two, what I found with training alone, and at first, it's not easy, man. When you've been used to being around people for 10 years, it's a big eye-opener, and you got you might have a few doubts and a few questions, but I just think that it had to happen with me. It lent to me as a person, and I'll tell you right now, if I hadn't made that move, you and I probably wouldn't even be talking right now because one thing just led to another, to another, to another, um, and what I liked about it is I got real creative. I've created a lot of equipment. Um, I'm creating another piece that we're going to be uh, prototyping soon. So it just seemed like it was the right thing to do. Um, and, and not only that, I, I, you know, you know from doing this stuff, you don't really get a lot of takers that want to come over and, you know, grind out dead stop stuff and, uh, you know, lift stones and flip tires and sling uh, sledgehammers and all that. So um, for me, going out on my own was the best thing I ever did, period. Oh, 
good to hear. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm more of an alone lifter too, but still, from time to time, we'll go train with people. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I do too. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice, but you know what? Did you ever notice like you got to have somebody really good with you when you train with somebody, especially when you're alone. You got to build a rhythm with that person, and it's like, you know, my brother-in-law comes over. He he and another friend of mine at times come over, but. Um, with my brother-in-law, uh, you know, he was a semi-pro football. Uh, he's a uh, teacher and a coach for uh, varsity uh, football, uh, the head coach. Uh, Dan and I have always had a good rapport. I mean, he can train still heavy, even though he's got five kids and he's his ass is to the wall all the time. Um, you know, he comes over, though, and he and I just are able to click. You know, it's like, you know, load, load this, bang. It's like, you know, get back into it. Here we go. Um, we we push each other in a way that um, is a very positive way we do things, but it's also a way to really motivate you even more. And I like that because, you know, sometimes training alone, it, it would be nice to have somebody say, I'm going to kick you in the butt to really get you moving tonight. Mm-hmm. At times, um, I do miss that at times, but I like the idea of, you know, it's falling on me, it's my responsibility, and I make or break it, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. So could you give, uh, I, I know, like, every training session is a little bit different, depends on what you're focusing, but could you give an idea yep. what sorts, you know, if we were to pick an average training session or just a recent workout, could you uh, sort yep. of spell that out a little bit step-by-step step to give a people? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you the one, the last one I did the other night. Um, um I warmed up. I do a series of body weight movements um, that we have out. Um, first thing, is I do a squat pull-up. Um, the bar is about at chin height in the power rack. I use a straight bar. Um, basically, uh, your palms are going to be facing at you, um, and I go down into a squat, and I use the arms and legs to pull me right back up to the bar. Um, I'll do multiple sets of 50 with that. Then I go to a thing, um, it's called a long strength good morning. Picture uh, doing, um, um, uh, what do I want to call it? Um, What's the squat? I'm trying to, a good morning. Picture yourself doing a good morning, but you're not holding the bar behind your neck. Um, You're on to something. You can use dip bars if they're low enough, and you're going to hold on to either side with your hands. And basically, you're going to kind of get in a crouch position, and you're going to bring your, from, your navel up to your head in a, um, uh, basically you'll be parallel. Okay. You'll come back up, repeat, repeat, repeat. I do multiples, fifties of that. Then I take anywhere from three pound to 10 pound heavy hands, um, which I'm a big fan of uh, those. I think Leonard Schwartz in the eighties and early nineties hit it right on the head. I go up and down the driveway, multiple rounds, usually five rounds, uh, and all I do with them is I have them going over my heart because they found that the skiing um, not only produced the best um, as far as heart rate working, you know, your whole body head to toe, but they found that the blood was that you had the most oxygenation in the blood when you were doing it like that. So why I do these, I got that not only from him, but John McKeon, who's an all-around lifter, he used to write for Hard Gainer, he was a great guy. Well, he's like 65 now. He had written a lot of articles. I adopted a lot of it, and I've talked to him multiple times about it. That's my warm-up. The thing I like about it, when you're so fired up for about 20 minutes, um, you'll come in and want to chew the bar in half. 
So after I did that, um, I've been using the trap bar for my deadlifting, uh, mainly because of bicep issues, um, the supination for anybody out there. It's really a good way to go. It really protects the bicep. Um, after the warm-up, I set up with that. Um, I did initially uh, 200 for three, cent, or for three reps, and I successfully went up to, let me see, I went from two uh, to... 320 for a single, 400 for a single, 450 for a single, 500 for two singles, and I was done with that. After that, um, I'm a big believer in the old York iron boots. Um, for anybody that doesn't know what they are, you type in iron boots, you can go out to uh, Atomic Athletic. He sells them. They're all over the place. They are a great shoe to do anything with, and that's what they used to call them, a sandal. And basically the whole thing, Thing with these are they're seven pounds a piece and if you get very good with them like john grimmick did you can put a, a one inch bar between them and you can load plates on these things they're insane um you go in there you put your foot in you obviously uh there's um these bands so to speak where you run them through tighten them up in the front tighten them up in the back so they don't come off and i did um five sets of ten with the leg curl, which would be mainly hit the hamstring real hard. Um, from there, I went in and I did calf raises. Now, I have a calf machine from Nebula when Roger worked there that it has a three-to-one drag. So anything you put on there, you know, you put, like I do, you put 90 pounds on, you got 270-pound machine. When Steve Helmicki was here, he was like, no way. I was like, yeah, way. Well, he did it, and he was like, holy God. He calls me the next day and says, I can't even walk today, man. And he did his traps on there because he was a big trap guy, right? So I, I usually go anywhere from, and I, I'm talking, you know, last night I went, let me think. Um, I did 270, which would be two plates, um, uh, for three sets of five. That's all I did on that. I did them real slow. I, I did, you know, I cranked the, the, the feet were straight, the feet were out, and the feet were in. I felt that I had enough on, on my lower structure there, and basically they just blew up like balloons. From there, I did uh, some neck work. Um, I took, I went a 25, 35, and 45-pound plate, um, and I did those for one set of 10 each. And what I did is I laid on a flat bench, hung my neck off, um, you can use a towel or whatever. I don't use a towel. Um, I put the center of the you know the hole of the plate. I use deep dish plates for those so you can grab onto them good. Lay that right in the center of your forehead. Obviously, bring your head you know your head's in a down position. You want to curl your head up. I hold it for like one two. Go back down. So I want a 25 for 10, a 35 for 10, and a 45 for 10. And then basically, to, uh, um, I like doing hip work. Um, you know, I, had, I met, failed to mention after I did the uh, the reverse curl, I did um, iron boots. I do um, I hold on to my big tire against the wall, and I like to take my legs and bring them up as high as I can on the side. So I'm working the hips. Um, very important. I feel you should thicken your hips up and the hip girdle because my belief is always that you drive much harder like that. So I added that on, and obviously then the last exercise I did after um, the calf work, I uh, pulled out my grip machine. hadn't done that in a while because of the uh, shoulder and bicep. Um, I started out with 100 for 5. I went to 140 for 5, and I went to 180 for 5. 
and I called it a night. So that was a workout I did two nights ago, Logan. Uh, about how long does that all take? Uh, I was done. I try. I think it was about an hour and five. I try to. I try to bury him a lot less. But here's the deal: the loading and the deloading of the bar, especially when I've got that out in the driveway, mm-hmm. that takes some time to do that. You know. Yeah. Um. And and I'm. I you know the workout. If I had to guess, I bet the workout was probably maybe. 48 minutes, but the rest of stuff is loading, unloading. You know, I, you know, in my garage, I don't have the luxury of spread out all over. You know, I might have to move three benches to get at one bar. (laughs) Right. So, you know, and I like it, you know, I'll tell you what, I I think it's a good thing to build strength. It can be a real pain in the butt, but it works for me. And I, and I, I kind of do things like that purposely just to kind of just test me a little bit. That's all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's what's it. Yeah. Uh, so I got one final question for you here. Uh, Superman Herbs is sponsoring you for your upcoming trip to Iceland, and I know we've sent you a lot of things, and you've ex- you've been kind of one of our testers on some new formulas. But what are your the favorite herbs and formulas that you've had so far? Well, the Tom Cat Alley you can't beat that. Yeah. All right. Um, pine pollen is super. Uh, I like the brand new formula using Hercules too. Um, I use that. I, I, I put more than one um, tablespoon in that too before I go out to lift. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've done this. I haven't told Cloud this, but I'll tell you this. Um, I do sip it sometimes when I'm training. Hmm. Uh, I found good things with that. Um, I use the Titan. Uh, I, the one I want. I, I I I haven't opened this up. I'm very excited about using. I hope I say this right. The Hishu Wu. Hishu Wu. Um, Okay, I, I, I've read things of that. Um, what can I say? The cystus, obviously, I'm using for this injury. I put, let me put it to this way. If, you're, if you want testosterone and you want, excuse me, and you want to bring your estrogens down, obviously, the mega dose of the pine pollen, that's going to be the big, I think, if I remember, I, I don't remember how big that was, but that, that comes in a very big container. Um, I, I would definitely do it. I sent a guy to you a couple weeks ago that's taken it now because um, he was very worried about estrogen. And I like the tincture. I've used the tincture on many occasions. I probably overdo it, but I like using that. Um, there's nothing I've taken here that isn't good. Um, the problem I've had with me, and, and we've talked about this, is I, I like using, like, all different ones all day. And, you know, you and I got into talking one time, well, mm-hmm. maybe you'll take one for a certain amount of time. Yeah, I, I, I do it, but then I'm like, you know, I, I want to use more of this stuff. So, you know, <laughs> now that we're using coffee all the time, you know, or grapefruit juice, you know, I'm just dumping in stuff all, like, I'll, in the morning, I'll, I'll dump, like, it depends. It, I, I, the Tomcat Ali, no matter what, I know you should rest a couple days on it. Mm-hmm. I, I've been using this stuff. I'll tell you one thing, guys out there. I, I, if you start using that stuff a lot, I hope you got a girlfriend or you got a wife. Because <laughs> this stuff is absolutely incredible. But, you know, one one product I like that, that you got me really into, I, I love the Spartan formula. And, you know, we're all under I, – I, I really hate saying that word stress because I think it's just used way too much. But I'm under a lot of stuff right now with the business and getting ready to go away. And, you know, it's like everybody. You stumble, you fall, you have all kinds of stuff going on. 
Um, I'll tell you what. I would go with that formula, and I, I, t- I take a lot of that, too. I, I'm not going to BS anybody. I probably take more than you're supposed to, but I don't. that doesn't really matter to me because I'm not having any repercussions from this stuff, and I've been telling anybody out there that will listen is, hey, you got to try this stuff because one thing I like about it because, well, I know where it's coming from, number one. But number two, if you've been paying attention out there, they're banning everything. All right, and and I mean, whether you believe in pro hormones or not, or you get involved in, you know, you don't want to be doing illegal things. I'm not condoning that at all. But we also know now, you know, it's not so much getting caught with them. You get caught with any type of needles or anything, especially in New York State where I am. You can go and get locked up for a lot of years for that. And I just don't think that is worth it when you can get high quality herbs like this. And you know that Logan, you see, he's always coming out with something new or they're working on something and the literature that's one thing i like i like going out and reading stuff on his site just to get refreshed with it um i i i just think anybody that's really serious about weight training and wants to get stuff that's going to recover them you got injuries you know obviously testosterone is extremely high we've talked about testosterone growth hormone on the show um these are all the ingredients you need and he's got everything I mean, and like I said, and I, 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 I always cap it off with a Spartan formula because everything in there, obviously, is when you've gone to the limit or your mind is just jumped up, as I say. Um, and, and that's all I can say. I mean, Logan, I can answer anything else, but, you know. <laughs> well, it sounds so, like we paid you for that, but. <laughs> well, we, we, we are sponsoring Eric for, so we have been sending him lots of herbs, and, yeah, it's good that you, you are putting them to good use. Well, I would tell anybody, seriously, with that Hercules. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't tell this to you to today because I wanted to see what was going on. I, I find, like, tons of fire, man. It's like. As we proceed and everything heals, um, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of video, obviously. And, you know, obviously you'll be mentioned and all that stuff. And I mention you on the shows plenty of time because, uh, you know, uh, the appreciation I have for all you've done for me. And I try to, you know, anybody I know, I try to get them to go to your website and send them to you. But I'm not doing it because uh, you're doing me a favor. It's like if, if I didn't believe in this stuff, I would just say, Logan, I don't need you to send me anything anymore. <laughs> right, right. You know, because, because, you know, the whole idea of this is, you know, you got a, you got a hell of a product out there. And the way things are going now, um, you, you, you fill a big void for people. And I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just telling everybody that this is what have I, I've experienced with these gentlemen. And uh, anything they sent me is top quality. I mean, it's all sealed. You know, you open it up, you, you, you seal the packet, and then it, it's the packet it's in. It's got a way to seal it, so it can't go bad. You know what I want to ask you just quick, and I know we got time right now. I've always wondered this. Could you refrigerate this stuff? Would that give, I mean, I'm not talking about shelf life either. Is there anything, would that give any type of boost rather than keeping it in my cabinets or, no, or not? No, it, okay. it really okay. wouldn't make it difference as long as the important things keep it away from uh light heat and air so yeah resealing it's going to be very important yeah it's it's good stuff yep yep um does that answer you yeah that's good so uh i would highly suggest people check out the motivation and muscle podcast you can go to motivationandmuscle.com is there anyone else you want to send people 
No, uh, well, they can go out to Fiorella Barbell Co., but um, like I told you guys today on the show, um, you're going to see a big changes in the sites. There's big stuff happening, and, uh, you know, we hope that Logan and, and some others are going to be a big part of it down the road because, uh, as Eric Gutman says, and I, and I think he's right on the money, he's a guy that wants to build, you know, relationships, and he hopes they last at least 25 years or more. Logan, I hope that, you know, you and I are affiliated for a long time. And um, I, I, I thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's, I mean that when I say it's an honor. And, uh, you know, I thank you for your support and everything because, um, you know, we've been going through some some uh, rocky times, let me put it that way, uh, which we plan on, uh, well, we've already succeeded as far as I'm concerned. Excellent. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. And, uh I'll have links to everything in the show notes and details and transcript will be coming and all that. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you guys listening have any suggestions for people you'd like to be on the show, definitely open to hearing that. And uh, as always, leaving a review on iTunes is much appreciated. Thanks, everyone, for listening.